When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the National Hockey Podcast. I'm James Nichols of the fourth period. And with me, as always, is my good buddy, John Zello. What's going on, pal? I am disappointed. Like, <laughs> that was such a hard game to watch. It was a very hard game to watch. The Islanders drop uh, tonight's game five, six to three uh, to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, not, you know, not something that you want to see happen against the team that's bottom of the barrel. But I guess you can start to, you know, I guess we could all finally start to admit that the New York Islanders this season, unfortunately, are bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I think that's I think the hardest part, and this is what I was d- discussing in my own head rather before I think the hardest part of all of this is watching a team with a lot of the same players that had a lot of success over the last three years just not be able to put it together this is very different than uh, let's just call them the John Tavares Islanders where you're like they're definitely pieces away they don't really have a great coach you can come up with a lot of different reasons why the team wasn't ever going to make a real deep run out you know 2016, they break the barrier first round. All that's one thing. But there were a lot of reasons why they weren't going to be super successful. And, yeah, and it was and it was easier to digest. This watching these players just not be able to put it together is infuriating. Yeah. So the the chemistry is clearly not there. Um huge. And, and it's it's a huge issue, obviously. Um, you know, we, we, we can get into what they, what the Islanders need moving forward. Um, and, and when, when, when we say moving forward, we really mean what they're going to need going into next season. You can pretty much say that this season's chalked, uh, unfortunately, but oh, that sucks. I it, it's, that. it's like, tough because it's still like, it's still so early. And, but like we said, yeah. you'd have to, I don't know how many games are left now. They lost 39, 39. Yeah. You, what do you, what do they have to win? Like. 33 games like that's ridiculous that's just that's to even be in the conversation we're not we're not talking at that point about um like definitely being in right even though the islanders capitals and bruins over the last 10 games all have a really similar record so if the islanders this was the time for them to really make up ground and get get some belief in the room yeah right coming winning four winning um, they won in Vancouver, and then winning the last three games, including tonight, would have made a huge, a huge difference. Yeah, it would have been out. It would the math wouldn't have looked very good still, admittedly. Yeah, but if the Islanders it would have been have, okay, 
if the Islanders could have been halfway decent over their last eight games, uh, they could have made up some pretty good ground on the Boston Bruins. The Bruins were three, four, and one in their last eight games. Well, the Islanders were just that much worse, and they were three, five, and zero. Oh. So they 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 got just one point less uh, in that stretch of games than the Buffalo Sabers, uh, which realistically put them one point behind over those those eight games in the standings. Um, and right, tonight like they didn't do themselves any favors. I, I it's so oh god, right? I knew tonight, we were going to do the math live on the show, and I was like, we're not. Pre- <laughs> I was like, I was just very not prepared for it because it is. It was right there. Like they, they I think they know that. I like I, I think yeah. and it's gonna be really hard to watch this club. Right. And and, and now and now tonight's game is game nine. So they're three six and oh over their last nine. I don't uh know off the top of my head if the Bruins play tonight. I think they're playing right now, and I actually think they're winning. So that that window uh gets even wider. Again, mathematically they're not out, but it's not looking too good. It it's uh tie game in the shootout between the Rangers and the and the uh, Bruins right now um so that th- there's at least one point so that's now an- another two points in in that nine game stretch uh where the Islanders are now falling behind even further again mathematically they're not out of it but uh tonight was not uh was another night where it was no there was nothing really encouraging here except for Kyle Palmieri, which we will talk about. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about the Islanders' 6-3 loss to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, and we'll start from the very beginning here. The The Islanders' lines were back to normal after a short experiment with Bavillier on the fourth line uh, and Clutterbuck up on the first line, which kind of wasn't terrible, but also not something you want to happen anyway. Um but the lines are back to normal, and and Aho draws in over Andy Green, which I thought was interesting, uh, because in my opinion, if it was anybody, maybe it should have been Zdeno Chara, who sat down instead of Andy Green. I what agree. are your thoughts? No, so the lines getting back to normal, I guess it tracks and checks out. I don't know what the options really are for Barry Trotz. Yeah, um, the other ones. With Clutterbuck and Bavillier, things all over the place. Third line intact isn't sustainable. It's clear something is missing from this forward group, and we're really just not going to talk about it. Not because we don't have time, but because we've just done it to death. We know that there need to be changes. Blah blah blah. Um, I we we said last show. I think what I said was rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Like yeah, something is awry. Like something is not good. Um. The hard part, at a quick tangent, is that it seems like they really believe in one another. So it's really extra hard to know that big changes need to happen. Correct. Like that doesn't sit well with me as a fan, and whatever. I, I just I appreciate that, but it's if it's not working, it's not working. Um, we've seen better teams borderline blow it up and yeah. ship players off. Look at Vegas, where they've they made a lot of changes over the years, and they've been good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And that, like, look, I don't think the Islanders can necessarily do that. I don't think they need to do that um, to the extent that the Golden Knights have. Um, but anyway, the the lines getting back to normal. What was what else was going to happen? Um, unless it was like to put in bellows or something like that's not. I don't. I don't know. I so I guess that's fine. Aho yeah. drawing in over Green. I 
I don't care, I guess. Like, it's so, yes, clearly it's Chara. And watching Chara struggle in this game didn't help. Um, Green isn't the problem. That's what's annoying, right? Like, aside, you can think whatever for Chara, right? Green is not the problem. And right. what are you resting him for? <laughs> right. <laughs> at this at this point, like what and, and that, that time passed. Right. They needed to win these games, this last four games. That that time was a different time. I don't know right. when, just not now. Um, you're doing him a favor. He's a UFA, he's 39, gonna be 40 years old. Now you sit him. Right. Not over the 13 game road trip to begin the season. Um, and then you you leave Chara in, who's the eye test says is much worse and and then continues to make mistakes like i just i don't get it i don't know and this is where look you can you can like Barry Trotz as a coach and his decisions and respect what he's done and to put it in his terms you know he's built a lot of trust with the fans the same way that the veteran players have with him and he's given them a long leash and i think we've given Barry a long leash. Yeah. I think you can also really question and be concerned about his decision making and still really like him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and it's, I think it's a even, pretty balanced, like fair thing to say. It, it, that that is fair. And it's curious to, uh too, because you know, like we mentioned earlier, the lineup goes back to normal, despite the fact that before he put the lines in a blender, the islanders were struggling out of the gate. He put the lines in the blender. They were still struggling out of the gate. And now they're back together again tonight. And those struggles continue. Um, in the last nine out of their 10 games, they've given up the first goal and have started the game playing from behind. Oh, there's so a better these... wait. There's an even better stat than that. Um, okay. Kevin. So Kevin cursed and a bunch of people and Adam, uh, Adam, Jesus, Andrew gross tweeted out the nine times out of 10, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, our pals at Isles Fix said the Islanders are 13, 4, and 4 when scoring first and 4, 15, and 2 when allowing the opening goal. Yeah, so there you go. These slow There's starts, the Islander season. Yeah. These the slow starts have largely hindered the Islanders this year. Now they should uh, be able to come back. They're a better. Sure, team and that's than something that, right? that they've proven that they can do in the past. However, yeah, um that was a bit of a different regime. Bit. Not not completely different, but those were some important pieces that were contributing to those those comebacks uh, in in prior seasons that are no longer on the Islanders currently. Well, and... for, yeah, for, I mean, one way or another, just like if you're a team and you're saying I trust these veterans and they've been there and they've done that, then you know what they have to that show move, up, move those verbs into the present tense. Yeah, yeah, you know, they, like they it's they not a been there, up. done that. It's uh, you are here, do it. Yeah. That's well, not that complicated. Well, one of those veterans who lots of people have been questioning, not only the Islander fan base, but uh, pretty much everyone in the hockey world has been Kyle Palmieri. Uh, he returns from his uh, paternity leave, and uh, he only missed one game, I believe. Is that is that correct? Can you check me on that? When did, um... I think it was one game. Sure. Regardless, he does return, and uh, he scores his second and third goal of the season tonight um i want to say that's an encouraging sign for kyle palmieri moving forward however i do consider the opponent and it's the buffalo sabers he played a pretty decent game his game has always been below the dots and that's where he was tonight 
he scored two goals that way. One one off of a nice play from Anthony Bavillier, which we will talk about, and another one where he just found the puck, it you know at the at the bottom of the crease and banked it in off Tokarski's head, and it found its way to the back of the net. I want to say he's been pretty much doing that all season long. I want to say he's he's found a lot of high danger opportunities like that. His numbers just, are good. Like it's they're, just they're not he's bad, just it's right. like Breeze. Like good right. numbers are just it's just the lack of finish. Yeah, but all sweet tonight, is no finish as they say. Right. But tonight he got the uh the 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 new baby power up if you will. Right? He's, oh, he's dad new, mode. He he went complete dad mode tonight. So Trotz told Paul Mary before tonight's game, listen, forget about the first half of the season, right? Seemingly, he did that starting tonight. You hope that that's the uh, good sign of things to come for Kyle Palmieri, regardless of where they are in the standings right now. Over the next 39 games, you want to see more of this from Kyle Palmieri because I know not many of you have forgotten, but there's three seasons left of this for Kyle Palmieri. That contract has three seasons left on it. And if he's not shipped out at some point, he's going to need to produce as one of those veterans that they're going to rely on to contribute in this lineup. Oh yeah. And he needs like to, to kind of gain everybody's trust. Yeah. He needs to do this against good teams, but that's the team needs to do that. Right. If the team is winning and he's struggling, you go, well, he'll blow up in the playoffs. Everybody is part of the problem. Barzell did not look particularly good tonight. No. And when you did notice him, it wasn't great. I think he blocked that one right before uh, the two-on-five uh, shorthanded right. goal in the Islander zone. Um, he blocked a shot, I, I think, or one of the first opportunities getting thrown at the net. And then he was tired at the end of a shift and then you know blew his tire a little bit, it looked like, and, and lost his guy. And he ran into somebody. Um, comedy of errors leading up to that. And yeah, it's, it's just this team needs to do better. Right? right? Like it looks worse when when somebody that's signed is supposed to be scoring goals and they're not and they're struggling. And yeah, there's a storyline there. When it's the entire team, like nothing is working. Nothing right. is working. Um, they, they blow up against Vancouver, arguably the West's Buffalo Sabres. And even though they played well in the Bruce Boudreaux, like, so then what? Like, it just, they just continue to not prove anything. Right. Even when they win games, there's nothing redeeming about it. So right. I think that's the same thing with Palmieri. Yeah, he scored two goals. I'm not sure there's anything too redeeming about it. I'm sure he feels great, and he should. But I don't, like, do it against good teams then and make it right. count. Don't score in losing efforts always. Right, because the what he scored the one goal in a five-one loss. Congratulations. Um, you know, yeah, you scored an NHL NHL goal more than I'll ever score. Um, but yeah, I don't know that we should be like excited about this. Like, I hope he has a better season and then can carry it forward, not into the playoffs, but into next season. But I don't know. As uh, as uh, Joe Pantorno always says. Burn, burn the tape of the season. Yeah. Even moving yeah. forward. Maybe don't record them. Don't even save them. Whatever the whatever the deal is, just, just completely detach yourself from this season altogether. No, it's it's true. You know, there are some tapes you want to burn moving forward, but there are lessons to be had and learned from this season that 
they will need to remember going into next season. I, I do understand the mentality of, listen, forget it and move forward. I do, but there are lessons that need to be learned, such as the lesson Anthony Bavillier might have learned from his stint on the fourth line uh, when Barry Trotz stuck him there for the past two or three games. Um, and he looked really good uh, since that demotion, starting on the fourth line when he was playing down with Casey Zizekas and Matt Martin. And maybe it was just guilt-free hockey for him, right? He he was playing on the fourth line, a bit of a different role, but it, it, it re- rejuvenated him a little bit, right? And he gets put back on the second line tonight. And you're seeing more of this that same Anthony Bavillier again that you saw in the, over the past two games. Uh, something I really like that I'm seeing from him recently is he's doing a good job creating space for himself. Um, you know, and that's when he's holding on to the puck. He's 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 controlling the puck. He's skating into the offensive zone and he's creating ice for himself where he can create an opportunity. Um an excellent assist tonight on Palmieri's goal to, to tie the game up. Uh, the long and short of it was that he skated the defender out of his own skates, found the ice, and, and then found Palmieri on the doorstep. That's something that you're seeing more from him. Um, and, and that's the thing about Anthony Bavillier. He's, he's the guy on the second line who needs to elevate the skaters around him. And he did that tonight for Kyle Palmieri, at least. That's what they need him to be. And I don't know if that's going to be what he's going to be, but he shows flashes of it sometimes. And if he can find that consistency, he needs to be that guy, that that engine that revs the second line. Yeah, he's a different type of Sezikis in that way, right? Like his his energy and his speed is a catalyst for whatever line he's on and who, yeah. whoever he's playing with. Nelson right. doesn't necessarily have that. Uh, Bailey or Palmieri don't necessarily have that or although Palmieri kind of worked his his butt off getting in the net there. Um, I think the Buffalo Sabres defender, whoever that was, kind of gave up, and you saw them swing their stick right off camera uh, after, after they scored the goal. I think both defenders weren't very happy with themselves. But, yeah, Bavillier has a lot of skills. He's just inconsistent. Right. I think, yeah, he could be rejuvenated, but, you know, the question is for how long? Right. You can We can be happy about it. That's great. But I... I you know, you don't get that uh, reputation by accident. We, we, you know, like like we've said at the beginning of the season, how many, this is the chance for Bavillier to break out articles are we going to read? How many years of that are we going to read that every September or January in some cases because of half years? But how many, how many beginnings of seasons are we going to read that before it actually happens? You can, it's, what's funny is he's been like a consistent, like what? 15 to 20 goal score over the four or five seasons. And we somehow still saying he's inconsistent, right? I guess I suppose he's consistently inconsistent and he'll put in 17 average, 17 goals a season, but it's like kind of like Palmieri's two goals tonight to what end, right? At the same time, like a lot of Islanders players, he has done a good job in the playoffs, like super when it counts. He's he's done that. But you got to get there. You, you got to be able to play both games. You got to yeah. be able to play regular season pressure. You have to be able to play in the playoff pressure. You, you can't just have one. I, I agree with you. The, the one main difference between 
Bavillier and the rest of the guys who play similarly uh, to Bavillier, not style, but in production. Um, the one difference there is the age, right? Bavillier is just 24, and there is still room for him to improve, believe it or not. I know it's frustrating, and it's been a long, winding road of watching Anthony Bavillier consistently be the same inconsistent guy over and over again. And then he gets to the playoffs, and you're like, this is great. Anthony Bavillier could be an elite player. And it's seemingly like it's a it's a uh, that that continuous winding road that we go down. But it is true that it's he's just 24 and he has time still to find that in himself. We'll see if it can happen moving forward. Uh, there is a ton of speculation as to what's going to happen with him uh, moving forward. I don't know about the trade deadline, but, you know, after the trade deadline, I guess we'll see what happens. But. Uh, any final comments on the game tonight against the Buffalo Sabres? I hope they can just, you know, have one of those revivals th- at some point and, and maybe beat some good teams. I guess I don't really care if you lose to the Sabres, but like go beat some good teams. You had a lot of Metro division opponents uh, ahead of you. Um, this was just hard. This is a very hard game to watch on like, I guess some good hardworking things. Uh, yeah. Anders Lee doing his thing in front. Palmieri kind of fun. like some right things happened for the offense, but by and large, just it just looks like a very unfocused, disinterested group, and that's that's really the biggest departure from what we've seen the last three seasons. The success aside, right? Yeah, you're you're just seeing a group that's the the identity line comes and goes. Um, they have good stretches and they disappear. Um, the, then you you know, trade deadline is in a uh, a little more than a month. Clutterbuck is uh, is a UFA along with a few other players. Like, what does that mean? Um, can Varlamov recover? Like, I don't know. It just it didn't give me any faith in the group. And again, right. that's that's troubling because they have faith in each other. So. Obviously, they're seeing things we don't, and that's a disconnect. But it's, I don't really know where to go from there. Yeah. So, yeah, this, it was just really fussed. This, this looked like a game from, first of all, embarrassing number of people in Buffalo. Holy crap. <laughs> but, um, th- this looked like a game from 2015 for the Islanders and not the good, the, you know, or earlier or whatever. Like it just, it just didn't look good. Yeah, it, it just looked like an older eye on their team that you're like, yeah, they can be good. They were good that like one week, that one part of the season. But yeah, they're not really anything to worry about. That's this team. Yeah, they, well, they can play well and they have their, some tools, but nothing to worry about. Let's talk about a time where they did play pretty well. And unfortunately, they still came up short. Uh, we're going to rewind back to two games ago against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we hadn't spoken since that uh, the, the last time that they played or the last few games that they played uh, a three, one loss against the Edmonton Oilers. They had 38 shots on goal. Um, a lot of high danger chances too. I tweeted out the heat map for the game overall. Even Kevin Kerr's got in on it and he was like, you know, it's, it's interesting that the Edmonton Oilers are, at this point of the season, relying on their goaltending, uh, which was I thought was hilarious because they have been going through the the uh, you know the unfortunate woes of of uh, 
goaltenders getting hurt and and underperforming. So and there's you know the constant rumors. Uh, you know, are they are they going to inquire about Varlamov? Yada yada. But it's true. The Oilers have been going through or or have had a tough season when it comes to goaltending. Sure enough, the Islanders stroll into Edmonton looking to you know continue to make that run at the, at the playoffs. They want to try and sneak in you know, they want to get a little bit of momentum going. They play a really good, strong game against Edmonton. And like you like to always say, all Swedish, no finish. One goal on the power play. And they're unable to take two points out of a really good game that they played. And that's just incredibly frustrating to see, right? Over and over again, we've been watching these games that are, they're uninterested. They're, they're not engaged. And they they deserve to lose. And like you always say, if they're going to lose, you want to see them at least be involved in the game. And I understand the circumstances at this point in the season and where they well, are. Well, that's, that's what I was, that's what I was waiting want to them. say. Yeah. Was, this is, that's in October, November, you right. want to see good losses. Now, against the Oilers, I don't give a shit about McDavid. Right. Go go win a hockey game. You're, defensive, you're a good defensive hockey team. Figure it out. And that's what makes this this loss so gut-wrenching, right? They played a really good game against and the Oilers have been playing really well too. They're seven, two, and one over their their last uh ten games. And they so just they've been playing coach, so they're they, bound to now go right. on a huge run. So they've been playing very well. And that was actually their first game uh against the, that was the Oilers' first game with their with their new coach against the Islanders. Yeah, of course. So and that's a, that's exactly how that works. So and Mike Smith makes thirty-six or thirty-seven saves. You know, yeah. and he stands on his head, and and there's the, there's a ton of chances for the Islanders. You're gonna get goalied, you're right, and, right, and that's fine. And that's but what happens. It's and you can lose games. I'm not saying you don't lose a good hockey game in February. It's just you you can't sit there and be like, oh, let's carry this momentum from Vancouver and this and and then be like, oh, well, we were on the road and we got goalied, and you're yeah. like, come on, it's you don't have that. That long leash, anyway. Right. You you did early in the season when you had to get going, and there's a lot of excuses. I don't know. I, I get go go win a hockey game. Yeah. Go score more than one goal on Mike Smith. Yeah. That's that means a lot of. I'm sure people were tweeting during the game. Um, this obviously, you know, you add a goal scorer or something to elevate this offense. It really changes things so that you're not scoring one goal against Mike Smith. Um. Or, you know, obviously just scoring more goals in general. You just win more hockey games. Um, not to get too technical. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's... Of course. More frustrating. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's it's terrible. Um, it's It's been hard to follow along. I haven't been able to watch the games really closely just on, on the West Coast swing and um, been back at behind the bar a little bit. So, I, I you know, <laughs> when it should be on TV in Syracuse, it's not often... Even on DirecTV, they like Islanders get bounced every chance. I think they do it on purpose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's even just watching through Twitter and the, and the highlights and re, and reading things, it's not good. It's yeah. there's there's not a lot of excuses. And I did like that Trotz was getting aggravated, you know, yeah. and he was kind of uh, calling himself out. But then, and then you sit green. I I just I don't. I don't know how to explain what's happening. If I had explained this to somebody else, I would know where to start. Right. Like someone that didn't know this team. And they were like, oh, why the 
the lineup changed. Uh, you know, Green was in like every game for two seasons. Uh, yeah, I don't. Your guess is as good as mine, and I follow <laughs> the team pretty closely. It doesn't make any sense to me either. And, you know, we're not in the locker room. We we don't, uh, you know, when these conversations happen, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Maybe Green said, hey, I, I need to sit out. I've played 140-something games over the past two seasons. I'm tired. I got I to gotta sit. Maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. Who knows? But uh, Andy Green did, did take a seat tonight, and it, it was definitely curious to see him sit down over a guy like Zdeno Chara, who continues to struggle, and, and it's pretty obvious at this point um, you know, y- you might want to consider for the rest of the season, you know, getting Pulak back with Pelic. You know, give. Oh God! Dobson... Can we talk about that shit too? <laughs> you're gonna split. You're you're struggling on defense, and you split up the best pair in the NHL. Right. I again aghast at how you make that decision. You and your coaching staff sat and went. You know what we should do? The guy that's really consistent. That would allow us to play our best two defenders together. Let's sit him. Yeah. Um, and that's nothing against Aho, who had a great outlet pass to Bavillier to begin with on that on that goal. And I think he may have ha- he may have a second assist on that. Right. Um, which something the Islanders sorely need. But that's what that's what the plan is. Right. Like I I'll, a whole bunch of things just continue. I don't understand you're getting Pulak back and so then double somebody like, but they should largely be together. Right. I, again, this is where you can think Trotz is a good coach and appreciate what he's done and still scratch your head at some shit. Absolutely. Uh, before we move on, we're just going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors. Nassiman hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. Hoops fans. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 years and older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibitive, minimum $5 deposit required. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Nassiman Hockey is also brought to you by Manscaped. Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra-premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist, so now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off of free shipping with the code NHP20. We all know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim. 
their advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts for your most delicate areas. But now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with their Ultra Premium Collection. This package includes Manscaped's Premium Deodorant. No, not for below the waist, for your stanky armpits. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum-free, and smells like their signature scent. Hydrating Body Moisturizer. Have tattoos or issues with dry skin? It's designed to keep skin feeling smooth, clean, and smelling fresh. Body Wash. To lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. To clean your scalp with an easy one step. Plus a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with the ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products and a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. What a score! All these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. So get that Ultra Premium Collection hot off the shelves today. Get 20% off and free shipping with code NHP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NHP20 at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. All right, so continuing to backtrack to games past, uh, a 5-2 loss against the Calgary Flames. And uh, right before the game is about to start, the Islanders lose Semyon Varlamov to COVID protocol. Um, It was an interesting couple of minutes. Nobody really knew what was going on. Sorokin was quickly in the net. and, and the game started another quick one nothing uh, deficit for the Islanders. Um, they only got twenty one shots on this game. Now Calgary uh, is is a playoff team. They're they're in, uh, a a team that's in the playoff hunt, looking to make the Stanley Cup run. Um, you know, one of the better teams in this league right now. Jacob Markstrom's playing outstanding this year. The Johnny Tandem Gaudreau. is playing well. Yeah, Tandem's playing real well. Johnny Gaudreau's playing real well. Matthew Kachuk. You know, they're a real good team over in Calgary. That's one of those games where after putting up a real good performance in Edmonton, you hoped that they would put up that same performance uh, in Calgary and, and show a little bit of life uh, or, or longevity in life uh, in their game. And that's something that they didn't end up doing as they were largely outperformed by the Flames. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch this game. I tried to read and catch up on it. Um, it's just disappointing. Again, that's a good team that you hope that the that the Islanders go out and and just play at least a good game. Yeah. Right. Like again, I think it's a little late for that, but at this point, you want to see some life. And after is this was after the Edmonton game. Yeah. Yeah. So after you play a good game, it's it's a it's a good uh, you know Calgary uh, really jumped on them. It seems like it was a big letdown game, and and they took advantage. They a little West Coast swing, not even a big deal. Three games, um, chance to get off the East Coast for a little bit, and yeah, the Islanders just can't do it. the The Varlamov thing is whatever. Yeah, uh, I know people were concerned that you know Corey Schneider is not super ideal to be the backup, but I think Sorokin wants to play more games. He said as much. Um, Skerrick needs time to develop. There's no reason to kind of put him up and get shell shocked in, in sure. behind this team the way that they're playing right now. There's it's not good for his development. So keep him there, get him the time. Um, this isn't his season anyway. Um, with Sorokin, you know, being uh, the really the future be- between the pipes, Skerrick is at best the backup, or at least you know a really good tandem with him in the future. Absolutely no reason. Um, yeah. They're pretty close in age, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. 
off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know off the top of my head either. Uh, well, may, no, maybe Sorokin's a few years older, but either way, it's still you know it could be a good future tandem. We're seeing two kind of youngish goalies, um, in Calgary do it. No reason they couldn't do it on the island when Skerritt's got a little more time with the the goalie whispers on the island. So yeah, not not really a big deal. And, and this is a real test for Sorokin. Yeah. Um. Barlamov is going to be rumored, at least in Islander circles, to be moved. They're, you know, getting the five million dollars off the books, um, getting some assets in addition to that. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a real test. They, the Islanders don't have a back-to-back for some time, so Barlamov should be back by their next back-to-back. Um, but yeah, like we so said last time, Sorokin has not gotten the quality starts. Yeah, that's um, true. Barlamov has continued to get a little bit harder of the starts and then is uh, left out to dry right after that. So it's it's hard to tell. They both have good numbers. I think we talked about that too. I think we brought yeah. it up last time. They both have really good numbers. So it's it's really tough to judge either of them. It's not like – I think people are like were really quick to say Sorokin is the number one goalie. Yeah. And just because he's playing really well and his numbers are well. a little bit better. And – in in the wins again, Brock Nelson even said, "Oh, we're not supporting him in the goal department." So it's it's really hard to kind of distinguish who is really playing better. Well, here's the thing: I I I do still think Sorokin's the number one goaltender. I don't think that you know it, it was like, "Oh, maybe let's pump the brakes on that right now." I think he's I think he's shown improvement enough that he can handle it. Everyone's bound to go through a bad stretch or two. It it, it does happen. It's unfortunately happening at a, at a bad time right now where the Islanders need him the most. However, um, you know, and, and this is not something we're going to talk about tonight. It's going to be uh, the next episode. The trade deadline is rapidly approaching, and we'll have thoughts on that in next week's episode. Also, watch out for uh, an article coming out by me in the fourth period or via the fourth period in the coming uh, days, probably uh, either tonight or tomorrow, uh, regarding the trade deadline. But Barlamov has to remain in Canada for six days. Um, and I think as of today, it's like day three or four. Um, he'll be eligible to return Friday. So today's Tuesday. That means it's day three. So he's got four days left. He's eligible to return on Friday. Um, the Islanders play next on Thursday against the Boston Bruins, which is a big test for Ilya Sorokin in terms of if he can provide a quality start or not. Um, and then they play Sunday against the Montreal Canadiens, and I believe Varlamov will have the opportunity to be back in the lineup at that time. So um, we'll see what happens with Varlamov. It should just be you know, another game or two of Sorokin, and then Varlamov will return to the lineup. I highly doubt we see Corey Schneider uh, get in – Barring any injury, uh, what do you 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 what do you think? You think they give Schneider an opportunity? I, I highly doubt it. I I doubt it. They're not at that point in the season where Barlamov went down and they just needed to do it. Um, they they kind of play every other day for a while, but they're not doing anything. Again, they don't have any back to backs, so I I think I don't think he he factors in moving forward. That happened at the beginning of the season as well. Yeah, I don't see that changing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. Last point that we wanted to hit on tonight uh, was I saw, you know, there was a little bit of chatter, you know, a couple of days ago before 
Robinsello was sent down to the AHL, uh, that he should be part of the top six moving forward for the rest of the season. And whereas I did agree, he does have a spot in this lineup if they choose to put him there. I do agree with that notion. However, if they're not going to put him in, he does belong in the AHL where he can continue to craft and hone his skill set. And I put an article out on this yesterday where I, I took Trotz's comments, I took Pulak's comments even, and I, and I said, and I tried to, to put it in, into a light where, you know, look at Ryan Pulak. This was the kind of the, a similar road that he took uh, when he was in the AHL, right? He came up for a little while with the Islanders. It was a short stint. I think Salo got a few more games. He got his feet wet in the NHL. And then he went back to the AHL, and he honed his craft. He got really good because I, we see him now. He's a top-pairing defenseman, and you know he's very good in his own end, very responsible. He, we, we, there's no, uh, you know, no one's, no one's clinching their fists when he's on the ice. He's, he's a dependable defenseman, and he can get it done in the offensive zone. Well, Robin Salo, a few years older, just needs a little bit more seasoning. And, and if he's not going to get it on NHL ice, he belongs down in the AHL to play every night. Uh, and, and again, like I said, I put that, that spin on it where, you know, Ryan Pollock did the same thing. It, the juice is going to be worth the squeeze. Just give him time. If he's not going to do it here, then let him do it down there so that when next season comes, he's, he can compete for a spot in the lineup. It's exactly what I'm saying about Skerek. Right. There's no reason to have him in the lineup and, and with the team struggling. When right. Noah Dobson was with the Islanders, the major difference was that the team was doing well. He can see and learn from these players. Correct. And crack the lineup every once in a while when, when it was appropriate or when they really needed him, there was an injury, what have you, and, and, and get him in there. And then shelter his minutes even from there. Again, there's the good team. He belonged in the lineup. There was an opportunity right. for him. Um, the Islanders may not have known he was going to be as much of a factor as he was when went with the team. Um, and they want to see this roster as they constructed it before the season, rightly or wrongly. Um, many would say the latter. And, yeah, at this point, just, just have him play in Bridgeport. They're not doing much better, but there's less of a spotlight. You can right. grow a little bit. And Bridgeport is where the mistakes should be made so that when you come right. to the NHL, you learn how to avoid making those mistakes. And, you know, it, he can come in next season with a clean slate. And it's not to say that he, he had, uh, you know, this this uh, history of, of, of negative outcomes. He, he's oh, 100%. A, he's, no. he's a good player. Yeah. But. He can go down, work on the little things, because we all know Barry Trotz is about all those little things, and he can come back next season, and maybe he can pull a Devin Tays where he can come back up and never and never look back. And that would be great. Um, one thing I mentioned was that Barry Trotz does have a history of working with these young players and it working out. I started in, uh, uh, I think it was with the Capitals. And it was with Jacob Vrana. And then he moved on to the Detroit Red Wings. And he's having a successful NHL career. 
Then I said Andre Burakovsky, who is now with the Colorado Avalanche, also having a very successful NHL career. Two top six forwards who are thriving and learned their, at, at the start of their NHL career from Barry Trotz. Now, those are not defensemen, right? Well, fast forward to now to current defensemen, Islander defenseman Noah Dobson, who seemingly, even though he was with the team for three seasons, had largely sheltered minutes. I think over the, the, the three seasons before this one, Noah Dobson played one full season between the three. Well, it grew up on he just hit the 80-game mark or 82-game mark earlier this season. Right. So between three seasons, he's played a full season and then a little bit more, you know, and then some. Some of that, not his poor Trotz is doing, but understood. Right. Uh, give Trotz the benefit of the doubt when it comes to Salo. I think he knows what he's doing there. And I understand the frustration, and I understand, well, Dan O'Chara shouldn't be playing. Andy Green shouldn't be playing. I, I do understand Those that. Those are bigger problems than Salo. They, like, Those... Salo should be in the AHL, and Chara should not be in the lineup. Those are, right. again, two things can be true, that does, and they're not mutually exclusive. Just because Chara isn't in the lineup, there's still a Sebastian Ajo, who, whenever right. called upon, plays pretty well. Is he the long-term answer? No. The bleeding could have been stopped a little bit months ago and then a trade happened but i, I don't know I, is lou looking at this lineup and not thinking about it we'll talk about that at some point right um so i think with with sallow yeah i don't i don't think you can just call for char to not be in the lineup and expect that person to replace him to be sallow it's it's just clearly not the time for him right so and you know in a season where it, it just Unfortunately, it looks like a lost one. If they're going to just ride out the rest of this year with what they got, then let them do so because it doesn't make any difference at this point anyway. If they're going to continue to lose games or and if they're going to continue to to you know wean themselves out of the playoff picture, then it doesn't matter where Salo plays as long as he's playing where he can be productive and he can get educated more on his game, the North American game, and he can come into next season with a, a, a better sense of what it is to be an NHL defenseman, a two-way defenseman, because that's that's pretty much what they need him to be. They need him to be responsible in his own end and able, able to pr- provide offense in the offensive zone. And I think he's got that part down. I don't think that part's the issue. I think it's his, it's what's in his own end is what they want to see more from him. And honestly, what uh, what's valuable to add to this conversation is, you know, you can – and. I think you could zoom out a little bit, or at least over the last few years, think about the Islanders' defense between Pellick, Pulak, um, Taves, Mayfield, um, now Dobson, although he didn't get a, a ton of time or any time in, in the AHL, but Salo as well. There's a lot of homegrown defensemen. So say what you will about uh, Brent Thompson and company in Bridgeport, and maybe and perhaps the lack or severe lack of offensive talent that's come up for the Islanders to help out. Right. What they have done a really good job of is is developing um, Islanders defensemen. So that it's, it might be less of Barry Trotz and more Thompson and company. That's probably the value. It's yeah, Trotz is also and and Lou are maybe ultimately making that decision, but then the rest is all on. Uh, on Bridgeport, it's yeah. it's really not. It's out of the uh, out of the uh, 
adult Islanders. I don't know what we're supposed to call them. They're both the Islanders. It's stupid. But Varsity Islanders. Uh, the Varsity Islanders, that's probably better. The Varsity Islanders and the JV <laughs> Islanders. Um, God, that's such a bad whatever. Um, and the jerseys. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to relitigate that. I we're guess. not here for that. We're not here for that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's actually where a lot of the trust needs to come in. Yeah. It, it's a lot less about the the varsity's opinion of it. It's what gets done when they're on the JV team. What's What seasoning is actually taking place there, marinating, whatever you want to call it. I'm kind of hungry, so whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I think that's, a, that's an important perspective. Yeah. I think Trotz has done a good job. Like, I don't think he's done a bad job with young players, but, like, I almost don't think that that's necessarily even the point. Yeah. Listen, it's been a frustrating season for everyone. There was expectations that are obviously not being met. However, that doesn't mean that you burn it all down and start from scratch again. Okay? I don't think we're there. I don't, I don't think, think we're there either. I don't either. think that's what it is. And I know we'll, we'll have, like, trade deadline episodes. and Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, although it won't be very exciting, it'll be, it'll be really tough to watch whoever is dealt. Yeah. It's not gonna like you can, you can be happy when the Varlamov deal opens up something really great down the line, but it, you should not be celebrating Varlamov leaving. You shouldn't be celebrating any of these players because well, as bad as they've played this season, they have given a lot, and it's really hard. It's gonna be it's. The same way as watching Nielsen and Oposo all those years ago. Um, and why people were so annoyed with Tavares. It, it was just hard to kind of watch that. And you don't want to see this team, um, you know, even if it's, again, even if it's Clutterbuck, who, you know, he's been with the team a long, long time. You kind of forget how long. Um, he may be an Islander longer than he was with the Wild. He is. At, Nine at years with the yeah. Islanders, six years with the Wild. So he's an Islander. Is um, it it's still it's still really hard. Yeah. No, if this team is doing well, you're not you're just not talking about all these little mistakes. It's just that it just keeps happening over and over and over again. Um, so I'm not excited about the trade deadline at all because I don't. I wanted it to work. There was every reason to believe it would. But well, I, I wouldn't think it's time to burn it down. I wouldn't get used to the idea of uh, a name like Semyon Varlamov moving at the deadline. I, from what I've been told, that's largely likely not going to happen. It's um, an offseason move. We said that, but even but even so, even the remote possibility is shouldn't excite anybody. No, definitely shouldn't. These are these are also like real people. Yeah, it's important to remember that this is not that a video is. game. Uh, so that that's I, I try to keep a little bit of perspective and and kind of ground myself. In, in having these conversations doesn't mean I'm not frustrated. Um, Bavillier, he's Barzell's best friend. Trade Bavillier. I'll drive him to the airport for Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> I'll drive him to Arizona for that for Jacob Chikrin. You know what I mean? Nice. That's that's different. <laughs> um, but when you're just having a bad season and you start unloading guys, that that can't feel good. No, no, it's not time to burn it down. Barrett Trotz is not getting fired. I highly doubt Lou Lamorello is going anywhere either. If he ever does go anywhere, it's not even going to be in a full capacity. He will just maybe remove the GM tag and still own the president of hockey ops tag. So he'll still be the, the, the head honcho in charge. Uh, so no, it's not quite yet burn it all down time. 
I do preach p- patience, although this it's going le- to be it's this going season. to be a very long end of the season because we still have seemingly half the year left to play. Uh, but it's going to be a long, tough stretch to watch. Uh, this is probably what the Islanders are for the rest of the season. Yeah, these kind of frustrating, close but uninspired losses to um, bad teams. At, to bad teams good efforts against good teams and still going to lose maybe somehow. Uh, this is just the way, this is the way the cookies crumble in this season. It's a lost year. These things happen. We've had these conversations in the past. These things have happened to good successful teams moving forward. These will be more conversations that we're going to probably have in the future. But as for tonight, I think that's all we got, pal. What do you think? I think that's it. I, I think with the burn it all down thing, we'll end on this. Yes. <laughs> not this season. But no. if they're if they're coming out of the gate a little rough next season, yep, uh, it's time. You you pick a you pick a handful of guys you're gonna keep, and you you move on. Yes, immediately. You do. Like at, uh, I don't Anders Lee. I don't even care. Everybody. You, yeah. You pick you maybe. pick your five and you and you move on because it this season's fine. I don't mind a lost season. We've seen hiccups in good teams, like you said. Yeah. We talked about that. San Jose, Tampa Bay, yada yada. Start the next season bad. I don't know before Thanksgiving. Blow it up, Bef- immediately. Play the Bridgeport Islanders can play. <laughs> the 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 Worcester Railers can play. I don't even care. Doesn't bother me. What we'll, but we'll get there. One one thing at a time. There's a lot of time between now and September. We've seen a lot of big changes on yep. on Islanders teams even before this. So yes, not now. But don't throw the matches away. Right. Keep keep them close. Because they're not out of the woods. Absolutely. Want to say thank you to DraftKings. Use that THPN promo code with DraftKings. And want to say thank you to Manscaped. Use that NHP20 promo code 